Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Well, as many of you know, we've been working on a new new building uh, just to the to the west of us, uh, and every month we give a quick update on that. This morning, I want to uh, let you know that we've that we've named the facility. Uh, it's going to be called NCC West. <laughs> it's west of this building. Um, so it should be easy to remember. Uh, we'll have that uh, logo there, the NCC West, on the side of the building. Uh, you can see the picture there. That that big clean face right there on the right is is what faces the highway. That that NCC West will be there on the side. Uh, this this facility is going to be used to to minister to our children, to our youth, to the children of Heritage Daycare. Uh, and to the youth and children of Lampasas. We believe it's going to be an outreach center uh, for all of the young people in our community and beyond. Uh, and so we're so excited what God's going to do uh, through this facility and, and how much ministry is going to be accomplished in there. As of December 1st, we'd received $738,000, a little over that, of the 849 that's needed to complete it. Yeah, amen. God has been... So faithful, so faithful as we've walked through this. There's just a little over 110,000 remaining to be able to totally complete the building. We're still uh, going on. We still haven't uh, had to stop or pause yet. And we're believing God's just going to carry us through to the end. Um, and then once this project's completed, you can see at the very bottom, we've always shown that as well. The, the phase four is a sanctuary remodel or refresh. Um, it's been a little over 20 years since we've, we've done anything in this, this room as well. And uh, just repairing walls, painting, new carpet, new chairs, some sound system updates and things like that. And so we'll start saving and setting aside money for that once, once the new building is completed. But I just want to say once again, thank you uh, for your faithfulness and your generosity and giving uh, toward this project. And again, we just believe God's going to do so much through uh, this, this facility. And, and now you can let people know it's NCC West uh, if, if, they, if they ask. Well, if you have your Bible uh, this morning, turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, that's where we're going to be. And we're going to be in this uh, passage for the next six weeks, actually. It'll take us through Christmas and through the new year. Um, and I'm really excited about what, what God's been speaking and where I believe he's leading us. Can you believe that it's only 19 days until Christmas? <laughs> and if you're like me, some of you are like, really? And you're thinking, what's today? And it's on the 25th and doing the math. And yep, he's, he's right. That's, it's 19 days. Uh, don't, don't, you don't take anybody's word for anything. You've know, you got to make, make sure. That's, Candy can attest that I do that on all sorts of things. She's like, do you never just believe me? You know? <laughs> this, this year has been something else. Uh, in some ways, it's hard to believe that Christmas is already going to be here. In other ways, I look back and think about things that happened at the beginning of the year, and it literally feels like an eternity ago um, because of all the things that have happened in this year. But I'm starting a new series this morning, and, and it's called It's Personal. You probably could have guessed uh, <laughs> by the logo behind me. But this statement, It's Personal, uh, can be taken in multiple ways. Usually when we say something personal, we're telling people that they're stepping into an area of our life that we'd rather them stay out of. So we say, no, I'm sorry, that's personal. Please, please back up a little bit. Uh, if I were to say that I had a personal prayer request, I'm saying, I want you to pray for me, but I don't want to tell you what for. It's personal. 
If someone asks me an inquiring question and just digging in details into my life and I respond, it's personal, I'm saying, please stop fishing for information. You know all that I want you to know about this. It's personal. But that's not the kind of personal that we're going to be looking at or that I'm talking about this morning and what we'll be looking at for the next six weeks. It's quite the opposite, really. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is personal. Our Heavenly Father invaded earth by sending His Son, Jesus Christ. He sent His one and only Son that we might know Him and by knowing His Son that we might know the Father. That's personal. In the Old Testament, God spoke through angels and prophets and through His Holy Spirit But none of that was enough to redeem mankind. The day came when it was time to speak to humanity directly, in person, and provide redemption once and for all. And the only way that He could do that, and He did it, was through sending His Son in person. In just a few weeks, we'll be celebrating Christmas. We'll be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And in that moment, Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, came to earth as a physical human man. And I would argue that that action on the part of our Creator was the most personal event in all of human history. Let's take a look at the definition of this word personal. It's of affecting or belonging to a particular person rather than to anyone else of or concerning one's private life, relationships, and emotions. I think that's what most of us think about when we think it's personal. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is personal. It affects us as individuals. It it concerns the most private and intimate parts of our lives. If we let Jesus Christ into our life, we have to take all the boundaries, all the walls down and say, it's all yours. You're the Lord of my life. You can't get more personal than that. The Father wants a personal relationship with us that's made possible through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's personal. But there's more. In addition to God being personal with us, He asks us to get personal with the people around us. Jesus commanded us to get personal. We call that the Great Commission. And He modeled this personal behavior for us over and over and over again. God has actually always modeled this personal behavior. And it started at the very beginning of creation with Adam and Eve. This call to be personal with God and those around us fits with the vision of NCC. Our vision is that we will glorify God by inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship. We invite people to get personal with God by being personal with them. For a long time now, I've heard God calling us to be more relational and personal in our ministry to others. And our invitation to those around us to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ will be most effective when we offer it to people one at a time. 
And my desire for myself and for our congregation is that we get increasingly comfortable with one-on-one ministry, with personal ministry, with relational ministry. And I knew this was where God was leading us uh, for this series for quite some time. And as I uh, prepared for it and was studying for it, I was led to a book by Reggie Joyner called It's Personal. And as we go through, it'll kind of be the framework that, that this series is based off of. But if you really want to dig in to this further, uh, I was talking to Mike, I think, and he said this is kind of like the Chris notes of that book versus Cliff notes, you know, when maybe you cheated in college uh, or took the shortcut. We, we won't call it cheating. Um, but if you want to get all the notes, read the whole book. It's Personal by Reggie Joyner. Luke 19 is going to be central throughout this whole uh, series. And my guess is, it's certainly the first time for me, my guess is it will be the first time for you that the account of Zacchaeus is used as a Christmas story. But that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to see play out over the next six weeks is we're going to be looking at Zacchaeus and we're going to see how personal Jesus Christ is with us. If you went to Luke chapter 19, we're going to kick off in verse 1. It says, He, speaking of Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. That's Luke being polite instead of just saying he was short. And I discovered something about this um, account that I'd never seen myself before and that I can recall was never pointed out to any of the people who taught me when I was a child. And most of us, you know, heard this account over and over and over when we were children. And what that is, is that uh, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. That was the context. And we always talk about how important context is. What's happening before something? What's happening then? And what happens shortly thereafter? Well, the context of Jesus passing through Jericho to Jerusalem, it's not the first time Jesus has gone to Jerusalem, but it's going to be his last. This is Jesus' trip to Jerusalem to go to the cross. And we know that Jesus knew that. He'd already told his disciples. They didn't want to believe him. They, they, didn't want, they didn't even understand it. They couldn't comprehend what he was saying. We remember Peter saying, no, Lord, anything but that. And, and Jesus tells them, get behind me, Satan. This is what I have to do. This is where I have to go. And I have to go to lay my life down. But they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem through Jericho to go to the cross. And he encounters Zacchaeus. Verse 4 says, So he, Zacchaeus, ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Talking about Jesus. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him, Jesus, joyfully. Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in a tree. This is a grown man up in a tree. Jesus doesn't mock him. He doesn't belittle him. 
He doesn't even ask, why are you up in this tree? Rather, he invites himself over to his house and says, Zacchaeus, I've got to go to your house. Come on down. And Zacchaeus is absolutely thrilled. Verse 7, and when they, when the crowd, when those around, maybe even the disciples, uh, it just says this group, when they saw it, they all grumbled and they said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. The people around who were watching this couldn't believe that Jesus would even acknowledge Zacchaeus, let alone go into his house and eat with him. How could he be so personal with a sinner? Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This account just amazes me. Jesus was on his way to the cross. He knew where he was going and what purpose he was going there for. And knowing what was ahead of him. You know, I think about our days and how busy we get and we get other things on our mind and there's so many important things to be done. And if there was a moment in someone's life where we could give them a free pass for not taking time out of their day for someone, this was the day and Jesus was the man. He literally had the burden of the whole world on his shoulders. We know that when he gets to Jerusalem that he's under so much stress and so much agony that he literally sweats drops of blood. This is what was on his heart. This is what was on his mind. He knew where he had to go and what it was for. And yet as he's passing through Jericho, he sees one man up in a tree. If I, if I were Jesus, just being honest, I would be like, I just don't have time for you. I'm too busy. Do you know how much is on my mind? Do you know what else I have going on? That Jesus stops and he looks at a man who's up in a tree and he takes a moment to get personal and he invites himself into this man's house and says, I want to get to know you, Zacchaeus. I want to come to your house and take time to have dinner with you. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus is. That's personal. And as we walk through this series, I'm going to be inviting you and inviting myself, because I've got to work on this as much as anybody else, to invite yourself and myself into someone's personal life. To take time when we run into someone that's up in a tree, that's waving their arms, trying to get our attention, that we might take a moment and realize they might need someone to be personal with them. For us to follow Jesus' example. 
And my hope is that as we go through this series, we'll be inspired to get more personal in the way that we approach sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. We need to approach ministry in a relational way and we need to learn how to be more personal. We have to fight against our past and our old habits to do that. At very early ages, most of us begin to develop uh, walls and uh, coping mechanisms to deal with rejection and disappointment. We're good at it. Most of us are really, really good at it. And if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that and go to God and ask Him to help us to start taking down those walls to help us to become more personal when we see somebody up in a tree. We could call these self-developed strategies for living the shallow way. Shallow can have its benefits. A little bit of shallow allows us to smile and have small talk with someone and carry on with our day. You know, maybe you drop your coffee in your lap as you left the parking lot of McDonald's and you've got a meeting and a presentation to give and you just suck it up and go on through your day. You know, that's part of those things that we develop in ourselves to just push through. But if we get too shallow for too long, we may begin to act like very little is worth our time. We can convince ourselves that we wouldn't be able to fix it whatever it may be, even if we were to try to bother. So why bother? Getting too comfortable in a shallow life can make it hard for us to care about what people and things that we know we should care about. We choose comfort over risk. One of our coping mechanisms is, I'm too busy. I don't have time to get in a personal relationship with another person to minister to them. As I said a moment ago, how many of us would have given Jesus a free, I'm too busy pass that day? Yet he wasn't too busy. He could stop and he could get personal with one person. It wasn't just all of humanity at that moment that was on Jesus' mind. It was literally the billions and billions of people that had yet to even be born. He's like, everyone is counting on me. I have to do this exactly right. I have to follow the Father's will exactly right so that the world can be saved. I don't have time to talk to some guy up in a tree. Yet it was the Father's will. We know that Jesus said, everything that I do, everything that I say is what I see the Father's doing. So it was the Father's will, the Father's love, that on the way for the Son to save the whole world, He take time for one man to call one man by name out of the tree that he'd climbed up in and to get personal with him. When we have a shallow approach to life, it can rob us of our potential to give others hope. People need to know that they're made in the image of God and loved by Jesus so that they can in turn love others. 
And they may never understand what that looks like in action unless they have a few people in their actual life that demonstrate what it means to move beyond the shallow way. People in their life that take time to call them out of the tree. If we were to think physically, the solution to shallow is getting deeper. But in this context, that really doesn't explain a whole lot. I would suggest that the solution to the shallow way is to be personal. Shallow is fast, but personal takes time. Shallow is easy, but personal is complicated. Shallow is safe, but personal is risky. Shallow is certain, but personal is unresolved. Shallow is dismissive, but personal is interested. Shallow is familiar, but personal is unpredictable. And shallow costs money, but personal costs me. You don't typically have to work at being shallow, but you have to work really hard to be personal. The result of shallow ministry is disillusionment, but the result of personal ministry is hope. Jesus was personal. He touched people who had diseases. He spoke respectfully to a scorned woman. He wept publicly at the tomb of a friend. He washed the disciples' feet. He played with children. Jesus didn't see humans the way the average human sees humans. I desire to see people the way Jesus saw people. Jesus honored those who were disgraced. He befriended those who were marginalized. He embraced those who were rejected. He forgave those who were shunned. And He believed in those who were broken. Jesus never got so busy trying to save everyone that He didn't have time to save one. Maybe Jesus chose Zacchaeus in front of everyone to prove what can happen when anyone is treated like someone that God loves. The way Jesus saw Zacchaeus ultimately changed the way that everyone would see Zacchaeus. The way Jesus saw Zacchaeus changed the way that Zacchaeus saw Zacchaeus. Something remarkable happens when we start seeing people the way that Jesus sees people. We need to remember that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is personal. If we follow Jesus' example, we'll stop limiting the good news to only what happens after someone dies. We'll start proclaiming that it's possible for a personal encounter with Jesus to impact their life while they're living. It's not only possible, but that's the way it's supposed to work. Jesus was on the road to save the world, but He stopped on the way to the cross to save one person, to remind the rest of us that the mission that we're called to is personal. And we need to learn how to be personal Because too many people feel invisible and ignored. Stop and take a look around. There's someone who's up in a tree who needs you to see them. 
If we look closely, there's someone who has pushed their way past the crowd into a space where they hope that you will notice them. There's so many people all around us who need someone to see them. I was already on this track to to a series on discipleship and personal ministry before I started reading this book. And um, I'd gone to a, a youth event. And, and this was just, I don't know, a month or two ago. And uh, I started reading the book the day after, or yeah, the, the morning after that evening. And as I read through this and got to this portion of the book, it literally broke my heart because I realized what had occurred the night before. And I, at the, I was just totally oblivious because I wasn't even thinking about it. And to get personal... We've got to be intentional. We have to change our mindset. We have to change the way we think about every moment of every day because we are really, really good at being shallow. I'm really good at being shallow. And I was at this event and there was a kid that came up to me and we started having a conversation and without even thinking about it, I don't, like, not even consciously trying, but I kept that conversation shallow. And he, he said several things that I could have picked up on, that I could have gotten into a deeper conversation with him and, and de- started developing a personal relationship with him. But instead of that, I stayed at the surface level and walked away. And you know what? It was a polite conversation. I don't think he walked away thinking, well, that guy's a jerk. It was just another normal conversation. And then I read this uh, passage about this guy up in a tree who needs some attention. And he's basically waving his arm saying, Jesus, I hope you see me. And I look back to that conversation and it was as clear as day that this kid was saying, can you see me? Am I important enough for someone to spend some time with me? And I stayed polite and shallow. And it just brought this more to life than than it was before, and me to a place of brokenness where I walked away saying, Lord, don't ever let me do that again. Help me to engage. Help me to have time. I wasn't on my way to save the world. I was going to see who was winning the cornhole tournament. There was nothing else as important as that young man at that moment. But I didn't see him. And Jesus is calling us to see the people around us who need us to get personal with them, to have a relationship with them, to see them. Earl, I bet you could tell us of the day that Jesus saw you up in a tree and saved you. I know I can. Jim, you know, everybody in here who's come to Jesus, has their testimony. And He knew you by name. He knew who you were. And He saved us. He had time for us. 
He cared about us. He wasn't shallow. He was personal. And they need to see, everyone around us needs to see the everyday world. They need us to see the everyday world that's defining them. They need us to see the private doubts that are paralyzing them. They need us to see the potential future that is waiting for them if they come to Jesus Christ. If we want to move beyond the shallow way, we have to become more personal. If we want to make a difference in the lives of the people around us, we have to be personal. If we want to help people anchor their faith in Jesus Christ, we have to get personal. If we want to offer hope in a world of hopelessness, we have to get personal. This morning, I want to offer a couple of personal invitations to you. First of all, here in a moment, there will be some people, an elder and their wife, that would love to pray with you. If you've never come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you can do that this morning. He knows your name. He wants to be in a personal relationship with you. He wants to radically change your life, literally take you from death to life. And we would love to walk with you in that, in person. The second invitation would be what you just saw just a few moments ago with Ezra. If you've never been baptized, if you have come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but have never been baptized, that's the the very first commandment that Jesus gives us after we come to Him. He says that we're to come to Him and then all need to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So if you've never followed in that first act of obedience, let one of us know and we'll get it scheduled. We'll visit with you. We'll uh, explain what that's all about. And you can get baptized. And then the the final thing is that we want to personally connect with you as you walk with Jesus Christ in discipleship. Something that we've done uh, just recently uh, to let you know more about the church. And and, uh, we're still going to have these classes in person, physically, um, but because of just the amount of people that would, would take these classes, uh, we offer them about once a quarter in person. But we've uh, now made video classes where you can learn about the history of New Covenant, where you can learn about the church, where you can learn how to connect about your giftings uh, that you may have and, and how you can get connected and plugged in to ministry. And it's not just ministry in the four walls of New Covenant. We believe that God calls us all to ministry, but it may be that your ministry is in your workplace or in your family or, or starting some totally new ministry in the community. Whatever that is, we want to walk with you in your gifting one-on-one and in person. But when it's in between those classes, these will always be available. So if if you've been coming to New Covenant for a while but haven't personally connected with us, uh, you can go to our website and uh, click on the About Us page and then the Get Connected link. Eventually we're going to get a link right on the front page that will take you here, but for now it's two hops. Um, but And you can, on your own, take time to watch these videos. Uh, there's the link below that has uh, the full printed material that you can read through. Um, and if you're going through that, fill out one of the online connect cards and let us know. And we'll personally contact you and walk with you through that process. Um, but we want to be 
part of your life. We want to uh, be able to equip you and walk with you in ministry at whatever point of, of your walk you're in. And I just want to encourage you this morning, and, and really this is just an introduction. Uh, the next five weeks we'll get a lot deeper in some specific uh, pieces of, of getting personal in, in people's lives. But um, I think it does a good, uh, it's a good overview just to see how personal Jesus was. That he cares about us enough to take time for one person on one day. And I just pray that my heart will be in a place and our hearts will be in a place where when we see someone who's waving their arms and trying to get our attention, they've climbed up in a tree, that we don't just be polite and walk by because we're too busy, but that we would know that the Father, through Jesus Christ within us, can use us to show them that not only does Jesus care about them, but we care about them. Will you bow your head with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that we have the freedom to worship and gather in this nation. Father, we thank you that we have the freedom to tell those that we love and those that we know around us about you. Father, I pray that you would give us the boldness and confidence to start getting personal with the people that we run into on a day-to-day basis, Lord that we would share the good news of Jesus Christ with them, or that we would take time to know their name and to know their circumstances and to minister to them and to love them. Father, I pray if there's anyone here that's never come to a personal relationship with you, Lord, that you will speak to their heart right now and they'll come and pray with one of us, Lord, to receive you as their personal Savior. Lord, a moment that literally changes everything. Father, we pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 